my name is Ashley Little from Wholesaling Out of the Box, and today I'm joined by Jacob McPherson, Cameron Peters, Sean Bowen, and Luna Ankrum. Uh, we're here to discuss chapter one of Who Not How by Dan Sullivan and Dr. Benjamin Hardy. Throughout this book, you'll learn to shift your perspective from how can I do this to who can do this for me. Making the shift involves retaining, retraining your brain. I've said this both times now. Retraining your brain to stop limiting your potential based on what you can do on your own and instead focus on infinite and endless connections between yourself and other people, as well as the limitless transformation possible through those connections. Step one in the shift is reading this book and thinking about how to apply it to your own life. So without further ado, let's get started. Sean, you've got the first section. All right. Welcome back, guys. Uh, looking forward to getting through this chapter with you guys, because, again, this is an awesome book for those that were listening to the intro. So freedom of time. This will show you how, who, not how, can give you more time because you'll no longer be considered the first or best option to complete the given task. Rather, you can free up more and more of your time by delegating and outsourcing all predictable hows to other people, external companies, and even technology. So freedom of time. Yeah. So that's part one, which I think includes the first few chapters of the book. Um, Yeah. I'm trying to pull up. Sorry, guys. Should have been more prepared, but I think it's like chapter. Yeah. Chapter one through three. So freedom of time. And that's kind of what we're going to be focusing on here. Chapter one is who's create abundance and self-expansion. Now, um, if you are like me and you read the uh, part copy, toward the end of the chapter, they have like a list of all of the key takeaways. I do not know if it was in the audible or audio version. No. Okay. So maybe I'll send this over to you guys so that you can see them, but that's how I kind of split up our plan here for this podcast. Um, Each of us is going to take one of the key takeaways listed at the back of this chapter and kind of go over it and what we learned. So um, Cam, you're first. Yeah. So how limits you to your uh, own knowledge and capabilities and who immediately Uh, connects you with different knowledge, insights, and capabilities. So essentially how is linear and slow and who is nonlinear, instantaneous, and exponential? There's a lot of big words in here. So I'm going to take this back to, um, for me, and I always say I'm not the smartest guy in the room, right? I'm always looking for a team that can help and support and who can help me do what needs to be done, right? Who's the right person that can help me do that? They can help me do the task that I can complete, but would take me five times as long. And I'm always amazed when we get together as a team or even um, some collaborations and some joint ventures we've done with other people outside the team, not on the screen, right? Where you find the right who to help you out with something that you could have went and figured out yourself, but you ask them for help and you sit back and watch them do what they do. And you're just like, dude, you're done? Wait, what? And then you look at, You look at the product or the process and whatever that may be, and it's just so much more better than you ever imagined it, right? And a lot of comes to mind, an example in in our own team is with lead mining and how started building out processes, got Ashley involved, got um, virtual assistants involved, and it took a long time to build out those processes, but to put the right who's to do it all, and now, you know, our leads are pulled organically from a courthouse, completely data mined that criteria that we've set up, completely skip traced and put into our system. We don't do one thing. Like if they have a question, we will answer a question, but we have the right who's in those little, or in those seats to where they understand what needs to be done. 
and we don't do any of it. And I wake up in the morning. It's the best thing ever, right? I heard this when I first started real estate investing because everybody says, you got to get virtual assistants. You got to get virtual assistants. And our virtual assistants are overseas, right? So they're usually working while we are winding down our evening and while we're sleeping, right? And you wake up in the morning and you're drinking your coffee and you look at a message from your virtual assistant that says one of your lists is completed and uploaded in Podio and ready for you. It doesn't get any better than that, guys. So Boom. knowing the right who to put in that seat, right? That we that is not the best use of our time. And that is the best use of their time. And um, they're obviously a very productive member of the team. And it's exactly what's needed. So that's what I see here is, you know, how limits your knowledge and or limits you to your own knowledge and capabilities, because I cannot do it as well as they do it. And who lets you get out of the way and lets them go to it. Yeah. And I think that's a really important point too, to being able to ask for help. So one of the questions that we put on our wholesaling out of the box mentor uh, survey, but when people sign up to get a coach is, are you comfortable with asking for and receiving help? Because that's like, that's a huge thing. A lot of people don't realize it, but they are not comfortable with asking for help or comfortable with getting help. And you really have to open yourself up for it. Like we said in the last chapter, check your ego at the door and be willing to accept that help. Yep. Yep. 100%. Got to be open. Got to be open to ask questions and be vulnerable. I know we've talked about it many times, but you know, checking your ego as well and and joint ventures and so many people, it seems like they're so scared of doing a joint venture when they first come into the business. They're so scared of not getting 100% of that deal. They're missing out on, it's not about the money, but yes, they're missing out on money, but they're missing out on the experience that somebody else can bring and help them. And maybe they can do it themselves again in the future, or maybe they could just team up with the same person, right? And I don't understand that Going back to, again, when we talked about in the intro, that scarcity mindset of, I don't need any help. I can do all this on my own. Um, you'd be surprised how far you can grow when you let some people help you out. Yeah, definitely. Who's, cool. on, who's on first? <laughs> who's on first? <laughs> I am. <laughs> Who go? So the point that I'm talking about is that how like a how mindset requires you to be the one to use your time and attention on that particular task and who mindset is about getting the desired result as effectively as possible so in a self-managed company the who's of the company are really just managing themselves they aren't managed by someone like above them basically they have full responsibility for how they handle themselves because you've made the vision abundantly clear and exciting. So then you've given them the full like ownership over how they're going to execute that vision and how they're going to achieve that vision for you. And it will work for them and work for you as long as you are clear about your expectations and what you're wanting. And that's the thing that I thought about with this as well was, yeah, it definitely helps with you like freeing up your time. But what really helps with freeing up your time is proper delegation. So not just delegation, but delegation with expectations. So setting out those very clear, this is what I want to get from this. And that will help whoever is taking on that task 
to where it's not these micromanaging constraints. You're not over their shoulder 24 seven because you set those clear expectations. And so you're willing to let their creativity flow versus being looming over them the whole time they're working. And especially with time too, you know, you might not be the most efficient person to do something and it might hurt your pride to admit that, but you may not be the fastest person at doing something. You may not be the best person to achieve the quality you want and the time frame you have. So you may need to kind of put that pride aside and be like, you have to go find somebody else, the who that can do that for you, that actually has the skill to complete the quality you're looking for in the time frame you have and maybe time manages differently than you do and has the time in their day for that. Yeah, that's that's a good one too. I like that one part of this where it says like, we all have 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> time is finite. <laughs> Become a master of your own time. That's so important. We, we mentioned that this morning on one of our talks, just talking about like, everybody's got the same time. What do you do to use it to spend and what's the best use of your time to get the best results? So that's a good one. All right. How decreases your freedom of time? Who can immediately free up hundreds of hours, which you can spend in better and more meaningful ways? Like each of our four key freedoms you'll learn about in this book. Freedom of time is not fixed, but flexible. It's not finite, but infinite. You can never reach a place where you can't improve your freedom of time. Because it's solely about having all the time to do what you want. It isn't solely. Um, it isn't. Eh, here we go reading again. <laughs> it also involves using your time in increasingly quality activities. What's this time acronym? Today is my everything. Research shows that 16% of the creative insight happens while you're at work. Instead, ideas generally come while you're at home or in transit or during recreational activities. You need time and space and most important relaxation and recovery to allow ideas and solutions to ferment and form. Man, if that is not the most direct statement at exactly how I feel every time I come up with something, right? I'll be driving down the road, bam, hit me in the head. Like, Oh, that's a killer idea. Let me see what the team thinks. Right. Or, this is a little different, but we were all on vacation in Puerto Rico, right? Trying to still worry about work and trying to check in. Everybody's like, how's your vacation? Not allowing me to, right? But then also coming up with ideas and things, right? So then I did check in towards the end and like have some ideas and like, what do you guys think? And that was also where I came up with the idea that we were talking about doing our, our big one that we're trying to do with our mastermind group. So then it just kind of like just unfolded, right? But I wasn't thinking about work. I wasn't thinking about transaction specific. So yeah, that was really allowing my head to think about different things. I think it's really important. You can't be creative if you're constantly down in the minutia. That's a really, a really good bring up. I like it. Yeah. And I think it, um, it really goes back to this idea about, I mean, I, people say money isn't everything, but money is super helpful for everything. Um, but if you are in a position where money does not have to be your main thought when you're working, but also being able to have flexibility, work from home, work with a good team. I mean, all of these things come into play and especially freedom of time to give yourself that time to spend with your family, your friends, uh, traveling, doing what you love, because that's going to refresh you and make things 
easier for you at work. I mean, in Europe, most of those countries mandate like three to four weeks of vacation a year and they have no problem shutting that down. (laughs) That's awesome. But it, it really improves. It really improves, um, like their working lives because they work harder when they're there. I mean, it's, it goes back to the idea of switching to a 30 hour work week or four day work week because it's more productive because you have that time to relax and give your brain a break. Fun fact, Iceland just did a study on a four day work week, pretty extensive over the course of the last few years. And they found it to be a smashing success. Yeah. Four day work week instead of five. Yeah. The increase in productivity and efficiency was insane. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you have to, right? You force yourself into this condensed amount of time that you have to get these things done. And that's what works. And you're like, cool, I have to get yeah. it done. Well, especially a lot of people feel like, oh, well, I have to fill all of my time with tasks. So I'm just going to do it slower. Whereas it could actually take them five minutes. They're going to stretch it out over an hour. And so giving people their time back is, it's just so important. I, um, I don't remember if it was in never split the difference, or if I just heard it somewhere where someone said, like they asked a CEO, um, you know, my, my employee finishes their work early and wants to go home. How can I stop that? And the CEO is like, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you reward them for what they're doing? Well, get it done. You're out. Get it done faster. Great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As long as it gets done, who cares? Yeah. That's on them. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. There's a mentality out there where, I mean, I saw it a lot in several of the places that I worked, but definitely, uh, well, I won't mention where, but um, it's the whole mentality of if I start to truly excel in my role, then I'm just going to be handed more work to accomplish. Mm. Right. So there's so many industries, so many companies that are like that. And what it does is it creates this mentality of, well, I don't want to work as hard as I possibly can because all that's going to do is make me work harder. So Mm -hmm. why would I want to work any harder than the next person when my teammates aren't doing the same level of work, right? So, I mean, that's just a massive issue that you see. I thought that, I think that's a really great point that you bring up for sure. And when you, when you take that, and I think the way that this book talks about it is the idea that when you find your unique ability, you find what you're passionate about working on you're going to give more to that project than you probably would to just about anything else, right? Because you actually enjoy what you're doing. I think that goes back to trying to find what it is you really want to do in life, being happy and going and accomplishing those goals. And I mean, that's talked about in chapter one a little bit here as well. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at the origins of the 40 hour work week, a lot of it is to kind of tire people out so that they don't have time to do some of those extra leisure activities to think about some of the things that they could be thinking about. And it just, it makes no sense. And it was made too before women were working. So like for a lot of people who have two people in their household, like it was a man would go to work and a woman would be home taking care of the house. But with two people who are on a 40 hour work week, that's impossible. Like who's supposed to do that? (laughs) So just, it's a very antiquated idea and thinking, okay, how can I, how can I look toward the future for my company is thinking about the flexibility and availability of time that you can give your employees. And not discouraging them in the process. Yeah. Allowing and, you know, fostering that atmosphere of being creative and growing and you know, brainstorming with no judgment, bringing ideas to the table, all of that is ultimately going to result 
in a successful company versus somebody who is going to be struggling. Mm -hmm. I think that that actually kind of segues pretty well into uh, the next section. So the who expands your vision for what is possible because you no longer see yourself as the sole means of achieving the results. So we all have who's in our lives that we rely on uh, who help us achieve our goals and support us in various ways. And likewise, we are all who's to other people, which is what Cam was just talking about not too long ago, uh, the, the who's down in Whoville, so to speak. Um, so, which is just a fancy way of saying that we all exist as part of a society. And the way that I like to think about it, and I learned this in my, my first engineering role was we all have customers. I used to think about customers just being external, right? The customers were, were the people that just came in and bought our product, right? And then somebody had first tossed out the, the term internal customer to me. And the internal customer for me as an engineer was the manufacturing department, right? I had to produce the drawings in order to give them to the people that were manufacturing the product. If I screwed up, they couldn't do their job correctly. So, and then if, if the order wasn't given to me, um, nice, neat, organized with all the information that I needed from the sales department, then I was likely going to screw up my role or have to go back and ask questions and so on. So the idea of having all of these people support each other and help each other and positively collaborating in order to help somebody do their job effectively. And I think we all on this team, we, we excel at that. And that's one of the things that we do really, really well. So as you engage in relationships, you expand your efficacy as a person. Your efficacy is your ability to produce results, and it is based on the resources that you have to put towards those results. Um, so efficacy in the sense of, I think the way that the book really described it was, you have your own personal efficacy, your own innate ability to get, get things done and accomplish tasks. What this is talking about is your overall efficacy and your ability to bring others in to help create and accomplish that task as well. So it's not just your own, it's the entire group of people that you network with and that you work with and collaborate with, um, basically all the who's. Um, resource, those resources can be financial, but they can also be so much more than that. Encouragement, time, and focus are just as essential as monetary support. Um, so you see this, there have been numerous studies in the business world, various companies, especially large Fortune 500 companies, where people actually kind of um, uh, put a pin in it earlier um, when she was speaking, but it's the idea that um, most people think that the most important thing is money, right? I'm going to go and do this new job because I want to make more money. And what they have found, what these studies have found, the results are that people only care about money to the point that it allows them to foster a healthy lifestyle and that they're happy in doing so. After that, the things that matter to most people in their workplace are uh, am I wanted, right? Do I feel like the team appreciates what I do? Am I an appreciated employee? Do I have the ability to create or is somebody micromanaging me? These types of things are what people actually strive for when they talk about changing in a new position, as long as that monetary requirement is met. So resources not only expand your ability to produce the results, but can have a transformative effect on you as a person or your identity, worldview, and skill level. Uh, ultimately, once you start to delegate out certain tasks and collaborating with other people, it frees you up so that you can ultimately go back and reflect on the things that you're doing and not only grow your business, but also grow as a person. That's all I got. <laughs> That's all you got. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I think you're speaking to another piece of that, which talks like 
we do we joke about this all the time, right? Like stay in your lane, stay in your lane, right? Because you do you want to like, come up with ideas, but then it's don't micromanage it. Let let that person do what they want that you hire them to do, and let them do a good job, and then tell them it's a good job. Like man, that was awesome. It looked really good, and don't forget to do that because that's again it goes back to the part of being like how how are you rewarded? And again, some people don't care about the money; they just want the they want the recognition. They want to know, like, man, that person really appreciates what I did. So that's a really good, that's a really good bring up. I like that. Yeah. Um, okay. So I've got the last point here, which is self-expansion is a core human motivation. And it, it hmm, starting to sound like Sean, it occurs through whose. <laughs> the first who is always yourself. Improve yourself, value yourself, and ensure that you are in optimal form, happy, creative, and connected to the most important people in your life. So I think this is definitely the most important point of this chapter. Um, you really need to do a lot of self-reflection um, and look inward because I, I mean, all of the things we've talked about, checking your ego at the door, um, knowing when to ask for help, things like that are all part of your personality, are all part of your habits. And you need to be able to really look at yourself and say, okay, this thing that I'm doing is not good for me personally. It's not good for me in business. It's not healthy. I'm not, you know, and things like that are not easy to change, but it's the looking and saying, okay, I'm going to actively try to be better about delegating, about devoting time to my family. Um, Sean does his date night every night, no matter, or every night, every Wednesday night, um, no matter what, like <laughs> I, he is devoting that time to his wife and he is like, okay, this is a priority for me. So shifting your priorities and making sure that you're improving yourself, which will help you be both a better who and, a, um, a better leader. I agree. This is an awesome chapter, really good points on all of them that I think it's, hopefully you guys are reading to the team and realizing like, this is stuff that we do plus things that you're reading that you want to grow into. So really cool chapter. Any final thoughts before we uh, close out? I think it was when I started reading the book, as I started reading through it, my first thought was if you rewinded two years ago, when I talked to Sean about where I was in the business by myself, right. And how I wanted a team and, looking back, you know, and he's looking through my systems and seeing what I got going on. And I mean, it was a basic talk. I can't be really not tracking so well. I'm like, yeah, cause I don't want to do it. Like, <laughs> I don't do, like, I don't want to do it. Like that's not my best use of time. Right. I want, I wanted a team. I wanted to work with some who's right. They could do that other part. I don't want anything to do with that part. All the stuff that Ashley does. Awesome. I don't want any part to do with that because she <laughs> is way better at that. Right. Yep. So as I was reading the book, I was like, man, this was me two years ago. I was looking for some who's, but I didn't know there was such a thing, right? I, I didn't know anything about this book, but that, I guess that was me as I started this book. I was like, man, this is totally, totally two years ago. when Cam was like, I don't want to do that anymore. And I realized that with the right who's, I could grow and hopefully I could help them grow as well, right? So that, that was my thought as I started reading this book. Super cool this morning to read it. Yep. Yeah. Past Cam really helping out future Cam. Cam 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob, Luna, any final thoughts? Uh, I think one thing I'll, I'll end on, and it, it's going to come up later in the book. Um, uh, I know the part two is freedom of money. So some of you may be asking the question of, 
well, right now I don't have the financial resources to be able to go and bring the other who's that I require onto my team in order to take everything off my plate, right? And just know that that's okay. Like that's where the vast majority of us start. And if that's the case, then what you're really going to need up front is you're going to need some hustle and you're going to need some grit and you're going to have to go out and do it yourself and do a few deals until you can get the monetary supply that you need in order to then take that and reinvest it in the business and go find the who's. And that may be difficult for a lot of people because you see that paycheck come in and you're going, oh, shoot, I'm rich, right? I got one deal and it's 15 grand. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that I know that what we do, a lot of, actually, what is it? It's 30, 25%, 30% of the deals that we make from the profits are going right back into the business, right? Yeah, at least. So that is going into that creation of the future who's that we need to bring on to grow. Mm -hmm. So when you're starting, just know that that is, I mean, that's going to be a hurdle, but eventually you will get there as long as you have the hustle and the grit to make it happen. Yeah. And something I'm surprised we did not talk about, but I'm sure will be brought up several times over the course of the next few chapters is time value of money. So as we're talking about freedom of time and freedom of money, that will definitely, you know, a little bit teaser here, it'll definitely start popping up more because um, we use that all the time. All the time. Let's, let's keep it as a teaser, not open the can of worms. Yeah. Said it, I'm like, whoa, the worms are flying out. No, I'm just, I'm just saying that, you know, be ready, guys. Be ready. The podcast just got extended by 15 minutes. Yeah, at least. <laughs> all right, Luna. I think the one thing that stuck out to me was the concept of, and the way that this was worded was different than the way that I had first seen it. Because when I first saw this concept, I saw it back in like sociology classes in college, but basically the idea that there's more than just monetary capital. Like someone can have capital in a whole amount of different ways and you just don't think about it. And so it's interesting to kind of see that because if you take it down to a personal level, every single person has things of value, like very unique things of value going back to, you know, we have a unique ability, but it's interesting to see that one of the things that you can grant yourself by finding people who have those unique abilities is time capital, because most people don't think of time as something that, you know, you can be rich in or you can, you need, but really, I mean, realistically, it's like it goes back to avoiding burnout. Like you can't constantly be going and expect to like expect to come up with good ideas. They won't come to you. They'll they'll never be there. The longer you're able to kind of rest your brain so that you can come up with those ideas, that's always the best bet. It just kind of goes back to the whole burnout concept for me. Unless you're Elon Musk. <laughs> Apparently. <Yeah. laughs> sure. I don't know how he does it. It's crazy. He sleeps he's <laughs> in a factory. It's insane. um but yeah i think i think that's a great stopping point um so thanks everyone for listening to us discuss chapter one of who not how if you're interested in hearing us discuss more about this book and get other real estate tips and tricks be sure to subscribe to our podcast anywhere you can listen in the past we've discussed traction and never split the difference and all of those episodes are still available finally if you like what you're hearing have questions or suggestions or just want to say hi please leave us a comment or a review and find us on social media Uh, That's it for now. So we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.